Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the freedom and the health to be here. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for all those that have made their way. Uh, Most importantly, Lord, I'm I'm thankful for your presence among us. I'm thankful, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and your leadership and your guidance. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you'll continue to, to do that, to work with us today, work through us today. Lord, I'm, I'm humbled and often surprised that here I am, a man of unclean lips. Here I am, Lord, and I know all of my faults, Lord, uh, that you would still uh, find an opportunity for me to, to preach a word and to stand on your behalf to, to share a message, Lord, that you've, you've laid on my heart to give. And I ask, Lord, that you would minister, Lord, through this service and the words that I've spoken, Lord, that you would help me, Lord, not to say what I want to say. Let this message be absolutely nothing to do with Dan Howard, but let this message be all about you. I pray, Father Lord, for this church, the many needs that we have in our church, from those that are traveling, for those, Lord, that are sick and ill and can't be here. I pray, Lord, for those, Lord, that are listening and watching online. I ask, Lord, that you would minister to them. Some of them, Lord, aren't able to be here. Uh, But, Lord, I I know that you would uh, bless them as well this morning. Please do. Uh, I ask again, Lord, for for your leadership, Lord, as we get ready to to teach and to preach your word. Let your word go out and not return void. Let your word go out and minister in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be edified as a result of reading and studying your word. Help us to be more like you and less like the world in all things. Amen. Amen. as I've already kind of alluded to there when, uh, about Brenda uh, and the psalms that she read and the, uh, the songs that they sang, we're going to be talking about giving thanks uh, and not just giving thanks and showing appreciation for those around us, but giving thanks to God and showing him the, the praise and the worship and the gratitude that he rightfully deserves. Um. The message that God has laid on my heart, uh, although it is is short, uh, it is also very direct, very simple, uh, and also very timely because we are approaching the holiday of Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to begin by reading an article that I found posted online, Christianity.com, by the way, if you wanted to look it up yourself. I only took a couple of excerpts out of it, but I wanted to read this briefly as a way of introduction. Thanksgiving is a national holiday in the United States, and for Christians, Thanksgiving not only has a patriotic history, but it also has a spiritual roots that go back to the Old Testament. In the United States, Thanksgiving is historically a day to praise and to thank God, the Father, for blessings and to ask Him to heal our wounds for a nation. See, it's not only just about giving thanks. For, the God, for, for God and the help he's given, but it's also uh, about asking God to continue to bless. Uh, it is also a national day of penance to humbly repent for our sinfulness and disobedience. Um, Thanksgiving became a national holiday way back in 1863. And it was during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln made this declaration regarding Thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to read this uh, quote from him. 
And although, because our vocabulary is a little different, uh, and uh, it might be a little hard to read, but I think it, uh, we would all would agree that the message that he delivered here in this message, in his quote regarding Thanksgiving, which was happened to be given during the middle of the Civil War, is very applicable to us today. He says, Thanksgiving, as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficial Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, that they do also with humble penance for our national perverseness and disobedience commend to his tender care all those who have been widows, become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition or the intercession of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of our nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility in the Union." Essentially, what Abraham Lincoln was acknowledging here in his Thanksgiving Day proclamation during the middle of the Civil War was that this day was to be set aside to give honor and praise and thanks to God for all of these blessings that he has given us because God is justly due those thanksgivings. And not only to give thanks to God for all that he has done, but to ask God for help with the, with the civil war, with the separation, with the strife that was going on, he was basically asking, Lord, heal our land. Uh, and then he continued on to uh, ask God to forgive them for their sins. Uh, and again, this, this message from Abraham Lincoln back in 1863, uh, although being a little hard to read, uh, is very applicable for us today. Uh, we are, as a nation, as a people, uh, very divided, uh, very separated, and in some cases, the uh, division gets very heated. Uh, but Thanksgiving should be a day in which we all take a pause, take a deep breath, and thank God for this nation. Thank God for what he's done for us as a whole. Thank God for what he has done for us as individuals. Uh, and uh, to give him the right, rightful, justly due praise and worship that he deserves. Thanksgiving is definitely a, a religious holiday that is rooted in Judeo-Christian history for our country. Uh, Thanksgiving is not unique just to the United States. I know Canada has a similar day. Uh, they celebrate that back in October. Uh, but as a whole, Thanksgiving is thought of as being a, a uniquely American holiday uh, and it is because of our Judeo-Christian background. Um, although secularism uh, in our present culture has turned this day, Thanksgiving, into more of a day about feasting, football, and family gatherings. It's after, after Thanksgiving sales. Uh, in fact, Thanksgiving has become one of the things that the woke society has now decided to cancel in the council culture. Uh, in fact, Thanksgiving has almost entirely been, it seems to be forgotten about in 
regular uh, secular rounds, they went directly from Halloween to Christmas, it seemed. Uh, in fact, the entire month of November is Native American Heritage Month. Uh, they found a way to get offended by Thanksgiving. Uh, and it, is, uh, it shouldn't surprise us. Uh, but uh, it, again, to acknowledge that there is a God that deserves praise, that deserves thanksgiving, that deserves our gratitude, also it means you have to acknowledge God's holiness, his justice, and therefore it means you have to acknowledge your sin and your need to humbly repent of that sin, which again is something the world is not ready to do. Uh, so we're going to focus this morning very briefly on thanksgiving. The importance, the necessity of why we should be thankful uh, as well as look at briefly the dangers or the warning signs that are present of ungratitude. And as I often do, I want to th start with a, a definition of what it means to be thankful. And according to the King James definition of the word thank, it means to express gratitude or favor, to make acknowledgement to one for kindness bestowed. But specifically, Thanksgiving as an expression, when properly directed toward the Lord, takes on the attributes or characteristics of praise and worship. Um, God's Word is full of, of, of scriptures regarding the necessity and the reasons why we praise and worship God. Uh, Brenda call, uh, called out one there. It was Psalms 100, I believe, you used. Uh, as far as psalms go, uh, there are about 20-some-odd psalms that directly command us and invite us to sing songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. The idea of giving thanks to the Lord for He is good is one of those refrains that's kind of often repeated in Psalm 106, 118, and 136. But some psalms specifically give us reasons linking thanksgivings to specific acts of love, of worship, love and worship, exhorting worshipers to glorify God with thanksgiving, to come before Him with thanksgiving, to enter His gates with thanksgiving, Psalm 100, to sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, 140, Psalm 147, and perhaps surprisingly, many cries for aid and laments conclude with thanksgiving. And that's something we're going to come back to in a moment. But the idea of while we are needing to ask God for help, that while we are in that valley, while we are in those circumstances where things make it hard for us to see the goodness of God because we're too blinded by our circumstances, those prayers, God help us because we're divided. God help us because we're fighting. God help me because I've sinned. I'm out of your will. That those prayers are ended with thanksgiving. Because those prayers are given with confidence that God has already heard and is already acting. You know, I often when I give prayer requests, I, I mention that I don't know every need. And I don't. And someone may say, please pray for, for Joe. Please pray for, for Raymond. Please pray, pray for for whoever, and I might not know what that need may be. Or on the surface, I might know that Joe's not feeling well. I, I might know that somebody's got an issue at work. I might know that some family's having marital issues. I might know that of, of a specific problem, but God knows what's at the root of that problem. 
And I know that by lifting that person's name up or lifting that family name up or mentioning that particular need, I am already trusting and acknowledging that God has already begun work and that God is going to mention and, and excuse me, address the specific need. Even if it's a physical and there's a spiritual need that's a greater need, God is already going to address that spiritual need first because that's what the greater concern may be. And I will offer praise and thanksgiving in my prayer because I am confident that God is already acting. And those are what those Psalms talk about. But it's not just in the book of Psalms. Because, again, we see there in Psalms over and over again, and again, it's Psalm 7, 28, 35, 52, and there's a long list there of them, where they pray, God help us, and then end with praise. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, God's Word says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ in you. To give thanks to God, even when it may seem because the world has blinded us, that there's nothing to be thankful for. You know, we, we approach when we're after Thanksgiving, we are rapidly getting close to Christmas. And I heard a man just this week say, Ann, I hate Christmas time. I hate all this. Everything that's ever happened bad in my life has happened around Christmas. For some folks, this time of year where it should be a time of, of gratitude, to think, a time of family, a time of wonderful, there are some folks right now that are going to be struggling more than others. Because uh, they don't have the family, they don't have the relationships, or something bad has happened in their past. We have to give thanks in all of these circumstances, at all of these times. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Even when it seems all is lost, we could be thankful that God has already won the war. Listen, I, I, have, I, I have my battle scars, uh, and I will say and, and regrettably will admit that on a, um, I have lost my, more than my fair share of battles. Uh, I know what defeat tastes like. I know what it looks like in my life. I'm not proud of it. I'm ashamed by it. But you know what? Although I have lost far too many battles, God, Jesus, has won that war. For that, I am thankful. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 15, 16, and 17, we have three unique verses that go together that scream at us, that remind us of why we should be thankful this time of year. Not just be thankful at Thanksgiving, but be thankful every day of our lives. Uh, it says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiveness in your hearts. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 8, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his holy name, and make known his deeds among the people. Our praise and our thanksgiving is an opportunity to share and to witness, to explain and to share and to tell people why, why we're happy, why we have gratitude, why we can be thankful. Man, you just lost your job. Why are you so happy? Because God, God's got it under control. 
man, doctor just gave you a bad diagnosis. Man, how can you be so thankful? Because God's given me another day. God's given me reasons to be happy. I can be thankful in the midst of these storms. It's so that, and again, everybody, other folks can be edified as a result of that praise and, and, and giving that worship to God. Um, but I want to address real quickly back to that idea of giving thanks when thanks is hard to give. Uh, it would be very foolish of me. I would be a flat-out liar if I come up here and said that I'm always thankful and I'm always giving praise and I'm always worshiping and I'm never having my own personal pity parties. Uh, that I would be lying to you. Uh, I, I struggle at times. Uh, I, and I, I would have to, I, w- I might be bold to say that everyone here at some point in their life struggles to focus on the creator and not the creation. We get caught up in the events and things going on around us in the world and things in our lives and our families and at work. Uh, and I find it hard sometimes to give praise to God. And it shouldn't be. And that's, that's so sad. Why is it that I find it hard to thank God and to show gratitude for him? Especially when up here, I know how much he's done for me. It's because at that time, something's wrong in here. So Psalms 103, and we're not going to cover the entire psalm. I'm really only going to focus on the first two verses. And this is, I guess, the heart of this morning's message. Uh, We have here a psalm that I go to that reminds me of how to praise God even when I don't feel like it. and reminds me of why I should feel like it. And in the process of doing that, all of those reasons start to remind me, and then I start to feel that gratitude and that praise. So I go to Psalm 103 often, uh, especially when I'm having some of those pity parties and I start thinking about all that was done to me instead of what was done for me. When we have that, I had that discussion on a Wednesday night service a while back. Sometimes we think about everything that's been done to me. All this is happening to me. And I I just don't think about all that God is doing for me. So in the first uh, verse of Psalm 103, David says here, My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget his benefits. David here calls upon his soul, all that is within him, to bless Yahweh, to bless God. He's having to command himself, purposely command himself to thank God. And that, my friends, is something I, we have to do. God is worthy of it. God is worthy. He deserves. He desires our praise and our worship. And he will be praised and worshiped. If not by us, somebody. The very rocks will scream praise if we don't. I'm not going to let somebody else be thanking God for my behalf. I want to be the one thanking God. So I have to command David here. David, the very man after God, he was a man after God's own heart. Here's a David who had the faith to go and stand and fight giants in his life. Here is a man, though, that recognized he needed to praise God more. And he recognized that he needed to command himself to purposely make himself thank God. It was as if David looked at his soul and understood 
that it wasn't praising God enough. And so he called upon his soul to do more. David understood something, that true worship was something that was deeply inward. It's not just about outward forms of expression, but also something real from within the soul. Praise and worship services today in some churches have become basically shows and concerts. And you know why? Because it's all about the show and it's all about the concert. It's all about the music. It's all about the singers. And it's less and less about God. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you've got a, 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 a scratchy voice or one of the best singers in the world. God calls us to make a joyful noise. And my noise may be a noise, but it's going to be joyful, and I'm going to lift it up to God. And you know what? Our worship and our praise needs to start, continue to stay in, and end in here. It's not about the music that's played. It's not about the songs that are specifically sung. It's about who is receiving, who is the recipient of that joy, of that, that glory, that honor, that gratitude, and that praise. Are you leaving the worship service thinking, man, those singers were great? Are you leaving that worship service going, man, those musicians are great? Man, Dustin can really play those drums. Are you leaving that worship service going, God is good for all that he has done for us? All that is within me, bless his holy name. David also understood that worshiping had to be more than just superficial. It had to be offered as completely as possible. We often praise and thank God half-heartedly, if at all. If I came in, if I came up to you and gave you a dollar, oh man, thanks, appreciate the dollar. I came up and gave you a hundred dollars, wow, that's man. If I came to you and gave you a blank check, Wow. Jesus gave his life for you. David called for everything that is within him to give honor and praise to God. James Montgomery Boyce, he's an American theologian. He went on to be with the Lord back in 2000. But he, he had a, a, a quote here. I'm going to read this from him. He said, what a rebuke. To much of what passes for praise and worship in our assemblies today. We come to church, but we leave our minds at home. We hear of God's grace, but our hearts have been hardened by a critical spirit. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Here's the key. He adds here, the psalmist David adds here an important idea. That praise and worship for God should be given unto him for rational reasons and not just on the basis of mere emotion and excitement. God is worthy of praise and worthy of our thanksgiving for real reasons, legitimate reasons. Again, some of those, what passes for praise and worship today, it's all about stirring up emotion. It's all about getting that emotion going. And it's all about feeling something. And it ain't got nothing to do with God. Well, there are real practical reasons why we should be giving thanks for God. 
And the psalmist here is reminding us, if you're having difficulty remembering or praising God or thanking Him, if you are struggling with ingratitude on, of thanks, start counting your blessings. Count your blessings. I'm not going to sing. Brad can do that. He can get up and sing from up here. I'm not going to do that. But uh, they, we know that little, that little, little children's song about counting your blessings. You have trouble sleeping at night? Don't count sheep. Count blessings. True benefits that are given by God unto his people. We must not forget them. Instead, we should use them as, as points of remembrance so that we can have those legitimate reasons to praise and, and to thank God. But what happens when we do forget? What happens when a nation turns its back on the God that blessed it with its existence? What happens when you, as a Christian, stop to praise and worship God and, take, uh, and you start to take for granted all that God has done for you and continues to do for you? Second Chronicles chapter 32, 25 describes a king who forgot God's benefits for a short time, and that was King Hezekiah. And it says, but Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown to him. He did not give praise and honor to God. And here's why. But his heart was lifted up. He pride slipped in. Pride separated him from that praise and worship. Well, God really didn't do it. It was really me. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judea and all of Jerusalem. Just to help illustrate for you just for a quick moment of how dangerous and how evil ungratefulness is. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, we have a couple of verses here, uh, 1 through 4. These are very familiar verses. These are verses that describe man in the last days. This is the, these are the descriptions of men at their worst. You want to know what an, an evil man looks like? Read verses 1, 2, 3, and 4 of, the second, of, of 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, But know this, hard times will come in the last days for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, un unreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In this description of the vilest of men, of this description of the man's heart, of the world's heart in the last days, right in the very middle of it all, we have ungrateful. Gratefulness. But it's not just at the end of days. The spirit of ungratefulness has been with us and has, has, has been a problem from the beginning of time. In Romans chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, we see that in part, it's that ungratefulness that's got the root of all of our problems. For since creation of the world, this is Romans chapter 1, verses 20, from the creation of the world, from the very beginning, his, God's, invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, creation, 
even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, us, the people, are without excuse. Because although they knew God, we know there's a God. They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. But became fruitful in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Uh, I'm not going to read it all, but over in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 17, we have this, a very poignant illustration of unthankfulness that Jesus came in contact with. Y'all may be familiar with this. It was the healing of the ten lepers. Jesus is walking along, and he's up there in the northern part of Israel, in between the border of, of Judea and, and the Samaritan area. Uh, I think the area actually is called Ephraim. Uh, and uh, he's up there in this area, and ten lepers are standing afar off because they're lepers. And they cry out to Jesus, Jesus, heal us. Heal us. And he tells them to go to the priests to show themselves. There's more into that, but basically as they turn and go to the priest, then they're cleansed, they're healed. They're, the leprosy disappears off their bodies. And nine of them continue to go on to the priest. But only one, one of them, filled with thanksgiving, filled with gratitude, runs back to God, falls at his feet, worships him, and thanks him for what he had done. And Jesus said unto him, verse 17, Were not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this Samaritan, this foreigner? All the others were Jews. The Samaritan was the only one that returned back to thank God. And he told him, get up, go your way. Your faith has saved you. Thankfulness is related to faith, according to this. But here we have nine men who were ungrateful, unthankful, Got healed. They got, they got healed. The need was met. What are some reasons? You know, and that's a, that's a good study. Again, I, I teased our Sunday school class about um, possibly doing this lesson next week in Sunday school, which, by the way, shameless plug, if you're not coming to Sunday school, come to Sunday school. We've got some great classes. But um, some ideas as to why these men did not go back to God. This is mere speculation. Bible doesn't tell us why these nine men didn't go. It just elevates and, and shows us the gratitude and the thankfulness and the faith of the one that did. But these, I'm going to give you some ideas as to why these men did not return to God as a way to illustrate the hardness of man's heart. One man wanted to see if the cure was real. Is this going to take? One wanted to wait to see if it would last. One said he he would see Jesus later. One decided that he never really had leprosy at all. One said he would have gotten well anyway. One gave the glory to the priests. One said, oh, well, Jesus really didn't do anything. I mean, after all, I'm the one that had to turn and walk with the priest. One said any rabbi could have done it. And one may have even said I was already much improved. Think about this. Are we... Are we thanking God for all that he has done for us in our lives? Or are we, like these lepers, simply rationing, rationalizing away God's miracles in our lives? Taking for granted that you got out of bed this morning. 
taking for granted that you have a job to go to. What are, what are we just wrestling? I just, I've earned this. I've deserved this. No. Are you one of the nine? There are some serious problems with ingratitude, and it says a lot about you and your relationship with God, my friends. Being unthankful can be associated with an underlying rejection of God. If we don't recognize what he has done for us, we put something else in its place. If God didn't do it, then who did? Not only does this demonstrate that we are disconnected from reality, but it generally means we are, not make, we are making gods of ourselves. Pride. God didn't do it. I did it. God didn't give it. I earned it. If we ignore these blessings of God and the contributions of others, we, can, we create blind spots that make us, uh, keep us from seeing the whole picture. And these blind spots can prevent us from, from seeing the pitfalls in our own path. See, at the heart of ungratefulness is pride. It's pride. And what happens when you're prideful? Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a healthy spirit before the fall. Ungratefulness should be a warning sign to you that you've got pride in your life and there's a fall coming. There's pits, there's stumbling blocks in your way. So I go back to Psalm 103 in closing. And we're going to read there. The psalmist gives us some benefits of why we should remain thankful. And I'm going to read these. He says in verse 3, His forgive, He forgives all of your iniquity. He heals all of your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. God is worthy of praise, my friends, because he satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like an eagle. The Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all of us who are oppressed. Verse 10. And he has not dealt with us on our he has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. He has shown us mercy and he has given us grace. And ain't you know, there's a psalm out there. Give thanks to God because his mercy endures forever. You said that too, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Poor to Raymond. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithfulness and his love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the rest, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. And if you can't be thankful for anything else, you should be thankful for that. We are to be thankful to God. Again, in closing this morning, we are to be thankful for God for what he's given us. His unfailing love, his grace, Victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. His righteous laws. Be thankful for his word. And the faith of others to sustain and cheer us up. 
We should be thankful for each other and thankful for the church. And be thankful for those who God has put in your life to strengthen you and help you along. And to hold you accountable in life. We are to be thankful for what God has done. He has answered our prayers. He's become our salvation. He has redeemed us while we were yet sinners. Jesus died for us. We should be thankful for God because he has qualified us to share, according to Colossians 1.12, to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. You're not worthy of that. But God says, I'm making you worthy. God says, I'm giving you that inheritance. So we should be thankful for what God has done, but we also should be thankful for what God is doing. And we are to be thankful for who God is. He is good. And his love endures forever. He is faithful and he is just. Now, and I say this, even if this, our nation may have turned its back and tried to forget Thanksgiving, trying to write it off, try to cancel it. They may even try to cancel Christmas again. Uh, they want to cancel God and remove God from every aspect of life right now. They just, but you, you might not be able to control we as individuals can't control what this nation as a whole does. But don't let what's happening in the nation, don't let what's happening in the world keep you from praising and giving God the honor. Thanksgiving is a coming up. And you know what? Take time to enjoy friends and family and to eat and get fat. <laughs> I'm looking forward to eating. I, I'm looking forward to my wife's cooking. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and, and, and uh, there's football, there's all the good things that are associated with Thanksgiving, but don't let all of that take away from the purpose of it all. Let's give thanks and honor to God this week, and not just this week, but every day of our lives. We'll stand and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. I pray, Lord, that you'll just help us continually through this week. As I may mention, Lord, in our, our message today, that I am thankful, Lord, that even though I, I may not know the needs in each of our lives, and as a church, we do continue to, to lift each other up in prayer, uh, from prayer requests that are posted and to just word of mouth, Lord, on a daily basis, Lord, we're we're made known of needs, and we, we take time and we pause in our day to, to give a, a prayer to, to, to you on their behalf. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that even if all I can recall is a name, and even if I didn't want to know that person, I know you do. Father, forgive me for not giving you the honor and the praise and the glory that you deserve Forgive me, Lord, of the ungratefulness I've shown in the past. Lord, even to the ability to come to church. I have mentioned this before to the church. 
I am thankful, Lord, for being able to be here. I'm thankful for an open door. I'm thankful for the health to be here. When I have taken that for granted in the past, I am so thankful for those that are here today. Be with us. Watch over us. Keep us safe. Remember those that are our, our church family, Lord, that are traveling, the Lindsay family. Bless them, Lord, with a, a wonderful vacation, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they come back just uh, uh, re-energized. Bless them, Lord, in the trip with safety and, and, and bring them back home, Lord, and uh, just help us as a church, Lord, moving forward. Uh, remember, Lord, the community services coming up. Please bless those that are there. And, and all times, Lord, if there be somebody, Lord, that hears your word preached that doesn't know you as their Savior, I ask, Lord, that, that you will speak to their hearts, that you'll, 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 you'll break up that stoniness and let them know that, that you do love them, that you died for them. All these things, Lord, we ask in your name. Amen.